Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Better Events Podcast. This is Mary Davidson, one of your co-hosts. And in today's episode, we are talking all about planning out your event year. We're going to talk about repeat clients, burnout, all the things, and hopefully give you some helpful tips and tricks on how you can help plan out your year. Now, additionally, we have another call to action for you. Again, we have our survey call to action, which if you've listened to our recent episodes, you might have heard this before, but this is one of our last calls for the survey. We are doing a survey. It might take you five to 10 minutes. It's a little bit lengthy, but this is a really great way to provide feedback to us about what you're liking about the podcast, what you'd like to improve, where you listen to the podcast, and just give us some data moving forward so that we can continue to grow and improve the podcast. So take a look in our show notes and please take some time if you're willing to take this brief survey while it's still available. So thank you so much and let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Better Events Podcast. Join two event strategists, Logan Clements and Mary Davidson, who believe we can all create, host, and attend better events. In this podcast, you will learn about event strategy and actions that you can use today as an event host, planner, or manager. Hear directly from the people who are creating innovative and inspiring events today and tomorrow and grow your business along the way. Now, let's get started and thanks for listening to the Better Events Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. I'm your co-host, Logan Clements, and I'm joined by fellow co-host, Mary Davidson. And Mary, we have a conversation starter before we dive into this week's topic. But can you tell our listeners what you're working on and what's important to you right now? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Right now, what am I working on? A lot of things, uh, getting ready for what's to come this year, which is going to be crazy and exciting. So I'm excited about what's to come, not complaining. However, it's going to be literally insane. And so what am I working on right now? I'm working on how to manage my stress in preparation for the coming months. Um, So that is something big. Some of those projects are mostly fundraisers. uh, Fall, excuse me, well, fall and spring actually are, are key fundraising seasons. And so the spring is going to be a lot of that. And so starting to work on those components of planning those events. Um, And then what's important to me right now? Well, getting that uh, stress under control, like I said, trying to prepare for that. Um, But also I would say something that's important to me right now is making sure that I save time. I mentioned in our I don't know. I think it was our goal set setting episode recently, um, but that I really want to like on the side work on some of these entrepreneurial ideas that I have. And so that's important to me right now is to figure out when I have time to actually do that. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I'm not going to share more about that right now, but I am excited for that. And that's important to me to save time for that. That's me. What about you, Logan? What are you working on now and what's important to you? Yeah. Uh, similar to you, it's gearing up to be a pretty busy spring or like late winter spring. Um, so working on a literally a smattering of everything, working on a couple hybrid fundraisers, in-person fundraisers, corporate conferences, got a basketball tournament, like my sports stuff's coming back. So that's very exciting. And I'm really excited to getting back on the road. Excited is really the main word of this segment of our podcast, I guess. But um, January is actually my one month that I've been here and not traveling. And I am about to then kick off between February and March or in May, really. I'm going to be traveling every month with a significant amount of things happening February and March. So similar to you, trying to prep myself so I don't get so stressed out, um, but also like very excited about everything coming. So balancing my excitement with, I think, some of my nervousness of making sure that I deliver everything I'm doing. 
Oh, totally. And I think like a lot of folks who don't travel for work, it sounds like very glamorous. And it is like we have to acknowledge that it's like a really cool opportunity, but also it's exhausting. So I just have to say that it's uh, definitely something to prepare for and think ahead about, which actually goes along with what we're talking about because we're talking about planning out our year. And so yeah. that can look like a lot of different things. So as you're listening to this, listeners, we're, we're going to share kind of how we're planning out our year and talk about repeat clients, burnout, and all those things. So just apply it to what your year is going to look like as well. And hopefully we can all learn from each other. Because yeah, you got to plan for these these things. Yeah. Well, and I think we get this question all the time from our listeners, right? About how you built your business or how you got started in events. And I feel like, and some have asked about how you plan out your year. How do you find these events? And so um, before we jump into kind of this larger discussion we want to have, I do want to do a, a, a plug, listeners. We do have a, an ask of you. Um, and while we have our survey that we want you to fill out, and that link is in the show notes, um, we also are planning a listener mailbag episode. So several of you have already submitted questions to us, you know, DM'd us on Instagram, or you've sent us an email. So we have a couple, but we'd love to add to that collection um, so if you have something on your mind, event related, running your own business or really anything, we want to hear from you. So you feel free to submit your questions on social media or email. You know, this is a podcast, so we would really love if you want to like record yourself asking your question, we can play some sound bites on our, on our podcast. You might be able to hear your own voice here. Um, but our email is bettereventspod at gmail.com. So we are teasing that we're going to do a mailbag, mailbag episode where we answer your questions, no question is too big or too small. Or if you have a question about Mary or I, we can do personal questions too. I'll, I'll open that up to that. Is there anything else you're forgetting? Yes, we're going to do a giveaway. So if you send us an email or a message, we will be giving you a special surprise. TBD, you'll see what it is. Um, and so be sure to, to send us your comments and you'll be picked from, you'll be entered to win one of these special surprises. There you go. Yeah, very exciting. Maybe we'll tease it on social media what that special prize is. But trust me, if you're a listener of the podcast, you'll enjoy it. Um, but let's just get back into our episode topic, Mary. So talking about how you plan out your event year, listeners, you know, we love to zoom out before we kind of dive into some of the details. So first started your business, like, did you plan out your year? If you did, yes or no. And and like, what was your approach? No, I didn't. <laughs> Um, when I started my business, as you all know, I think it's been like two and a half years. So still figuring out how to plan a year out, uh, excited to go into, you know, have a full year right now to actually plan out last year was continually a trial run kind of. So, um, so, you know, I haven't like really planned it out. I think I've planned it out this year in a way that's more like how many events, what I need to do to reach my revenue goals, but then that's challenging because each event is really quite different from the other. And so it's sort of hard to, to figure that out sometimes. But um, anyway, I, I've planned it out in that sense of trying to figure out what I need to take on to meet my goals, but also what I can take on capacity wise. And so that's really like I've been saying something that has been implemented this year, not so much in the past, but because I've learned some hard lessons in the past, it's something that I'm starting to do now. So I do think planning out your year is important. I see the value in it. And so I'm excited to try to do it more this year. Um, so the answer of how you did it, I'll share more about that. But before I do, Logan, I want you to share how or when did you start planning out your business year? Yeah. Uh, when I first started, I was similar to you, Mary. I don't feel like I really did that much planning um, or projecting. I had kind of goal events. I'd be these big like Olympics and sporting events I knew I wanted to do. But 
um, I, that, that helped me. And I've talked about in other episodes, like what helped me make the leap was I did, I was working in market. I still had marketing clients. So I was helping with like social media, content creation, writing blog posts, website management. And so I'd plan my year in the sense that I could like financially project out for the next six months or however long I was working with these guys, what my income would be. And then the events in my head were kind of on top of it. So I just very much kind of had this mindset of like any events, a good event. I want the experience. I want the exposure, you know, the added income is nice, but kind of like you had to learn the hard way of what I was doing a lot of one-off events. Um, and we'll talk about a little bit more later, but the realized it was a lot of work for then the payoff afterward, you'd have that payoff of the, they pay you for the event, but then you had to like start all over with someone new. And so that was somewhere, some part of me that started to realize that I was then spending so much time finding new business that it was taking away from what I really liked. And the sales has always been like the least far- favorite part of my business, or it was extra my least favorite when I started. Now I feel like I, we have more content. We have this podcast. We have other things that I feel like add value that do some of the soft sell for us. Um, so it definitely evolved. And that's one I feel like our piece of advice, first nugget for listeners really is like, it's okay if you don't fully have a plan. You don't have a process yet when you're first getting started. Cause a lot of it is you're going to hear now, Mary and I have two different ways of planning our, you know, how we plan things out that there's not like one right way to do it, but you'll often find a lot of people just kind of get started, like just start. That was the hard part. And then you'll figure out what your process looks like. I'm glad you said that. I think it's important. Cause yeah, like last year I was like, I'm going to take whatever comes at me. And I'm really glad that I did that to be honest. Like I, enjoyed some things and I didn't enjoy some things, but, but that's okay. And, and that's, I think what, like what you're saying is you just get started and you'll figure it out. Um, and one thing that I've done is I have this calendar note kind of thing. It's not like a traditional calendar. It's like a, a note where I just put down, um, any clients that I've had in the past and like around what time of year their event was in the past. So I kind of, you know, recount what I worked on before I put in, potential vacations like for my personal life on this list I put in potential like conferences as in like professional development and networking I try to put them in there anything that's like kind of on my radar or that last year I was like I had to say no to or I couldn't do it because I overbooked myself I'm like okay I'm gonna put this in there so I make sure that I can actually try to do that this year and then that's when people email me you know and say are you available for this event this date and I can actually look and be like I am, or I don't know if I will be because I have this other potential thing going on. And so this is like what I do at the beginning of the year, because I want to see what it could look like just off projected events. Now, if some random, you know, new client comes to fruition, that's not something that's on there, which is great because then there's more opportunities and things like that. But yeah, I really like this running list. I have it in OneNote for those that use OneNote. It's literally just a list that I color code that's just really for me to reference so I can see it in one place and what the year is potentially going to look like. And so that's really worked for me this year specifically because I did miss out on some conferences last year that I really wanted to go to. And so I, yeah, have those in there higher priority this year. So we'll see, hopefully they can happen. But that's one example of how I plan out the year in that sense. Um, but Logan, give us some more examples of, of how that's been working for you and how the process has evolved for you. Yeah, I think I am definitely a visual person. And so my thing I created two years ago at this point, so now it was like end of 2021 is, was this kind of master audit that I did for myself where I looked back on all of the events I did that year and tracked like 
the date the event was, the name of the client, who referred the lead to me, um, where it was, how much I, money I made on it, what hours I worked. Because a lot of times I'll do project rates for things, but I based on internal hours. And only unless it's like egregiously off will I in the moment clock like, oh, wow, I spent way more. Let me look. Oh, my gosh, I spent so much time on this event and it's not worth it. But for ones that go well or I don't necessarily feel that that it's pulling extra, I'm like, I don't have a way. I never take the time to check it. So this was like my one time year where I actually did and had a lot of really interesting revelations from that process of learning that some of even my smaller events that money wise maybe are a smaller amount that I make, but I was much more efficient with them. So they didn't suck up extra time like some of my bigger events that I got excited. You know, they they're, have bigger budgets and that's amazing, but they end up taking a lot of time. Uh, was it a conclusion or a, something I came out from that? So it's just one big master tracker that I made. And I did it again at the end of 2022 to look back at 2022. And then similar to you, Mary, like your note, I have a note on my phone that literally just says dates. So I can kind of quick for at least upcoming dates. And I probably started in September, October, starting my 2023 note with just like, so I call them soft holds, which is a, an, a, someone has either asked me to hold the date, but they can't tell me what my role is or the budget and we haven't signed anything. So I call it a soft hold because I'm holding it and I'll go back to them if someone else is trying to ask me to do a date, something on that date. Um, or it's an event I want to work again. And maybe they have, they're not ready to talk yet, but I know I want to work with them again. Um, so I started probably planning then, but back to my spreadsheet where my brain, that's how my brain works is I also made a visual spreadsheet that has like the months in each column and the clients down the side and kind of mapped out. In addition to you, I also had a column that was like personal. So I could map out personal trips and things that I had planned and then identify pockets. But anyway, if you can hear listeners, we have two different ways of doing it. I feel like there's no wrong way to do it. You're talking to two um, I, I, I do want to, I think, feel like this is the time we can jump to our topic about burnout, but just you're talking to two people who have experienced burnout, right, Mary, both you and I have experienced this, um, as people who run our own business, as people who are in control of our own schedules. And so for me, my planning tools and my planning process, I've learned, it's not just helpful for my clients. It's helpful for me. It's like a gift to future me that I'm not trying to overload myself and commit to too many things that when I first started my business and I wasn't planning or thinking ahead on some things that I would just say yes to everything. And I found myself in that situation end of 2021 where I had booked myself on a bunch of events. I don't regret doing any of the events. I love them, but I did get to a point where I was doing some of my day-to-day -day tasks that normally I love. And I was internally being like, I don't really like this. This isn't fun for me right now. And I realized when I looked back, oh, I didn't take any time off <laughs> between all these projects. So for me, I view my planning tool as an opportunity and my spreadsheet as a way to identify pockets of when I can take more work, when I maybe need to block out time for vacation, um, who I want to work with again, and when I want to reach out to them. Um, and like Mary has, like the same thing of uh, having pockets for like unexpected things to come up. Yeah, I Logan has shared her tracker with me and I think it's awesome like you shared how it's worked for you and I think that's a really good idea. That's something although we do it differently, I will say is that's something that I aspire to is to be able to like really dive in to look at what I thought about each event and how it worked and how much money I made and if it was worth it. And a key piece to that is tracking time, like you said. And so that's something that I tried to start doing last year which does help you plan out your year so you can figure out how long things took. And then also if that client comes back, you can give them a more accurate proposal this year based on 
actuals. And so that helps plan out the year for sure. So I wanted to also call that out. And um, another thing, yeah, because we're going to start talking more about burnout is um, like the holds that I save for vacations are like precious to me. And, and I've started to be like annoying, I think to, to my family or anyone I'm trying to travel with, because I'm like, no, you don't understand. I really need to get this on my calendar or it's not going to happen because like I hopefully and gratefully, so I'm going to, you know, fill up my calendar with events and when working things, but to a point where it can kind of be unhealthy sometimes. And so, yeah, definitely want to save time for trips and things like that. But yeah, that, that makes me have to demand things of people sooner than they're usually ready to plan it out. But yeah, I think saving those chunks is really, really important for your year uh, to avoid burnout. And so one thing I did this year with this with this note that we're talking about is I projected like, you know, what events are coming up and I put in red at capacity, don't take anything else on during this time. And I write myself a note about why. And I say like, it's because this event is starting in two weeks and that's going to be really stressful for you or like maybe um you're traveling already like super shortly after this so don't try to book anything else during this time like <laughs> i write these personal notes to myself because i get excited about opportunities and so that's i think the issue <laughs> in a way is like reality versus like opportunity and so that's an interesting interesting balance which i have to say like we have to be grateful for that right it's it's great that we yeah. have these opportunities but there's a balance well and the fact that you love it so much that you're willing to you know do these things back to back to back or take on more work and the hard part i feel like for you listeners is like there's no magic formula there's no right or wrong answer to like what your capacity is and even you know mary and i our processes are different and what busy looks like can look like different to us. But we, I feel like we can all recognize the signs. Once you've been burnout, you can recognize the signs of burnout. And those are similar of, again, mm -hmm. not liking what you're doing. Maybe you're have, you know, it can trickle into other things, having trouble with sleep, stress. For me, it was like my appetite was an interesting symptom <laughs> that I was talking through with people where I, when I'm really stressed, I love eating usually like I'm a big three meals a day girl. If I go to a country, I want to eat the best food that they have. But like when I'm really stressed out, I could make it to like three o'clock and all of a sudden realize I hadn't had anything but coffee that day. Like being like, oh, uh, okay, something's wrong with my brain <laughs> that, mm -hmm. you know, we're prioritizing certain things. So um, yeah, I think it's so important knowing balance. And I'm with you, Mary, because I also love to say yes to things. Um, and the hard part for me is, and why I like planning out my year is I don't necessarily aspire to be like some people in my business will come to me and be like, Logan, you should start an agency or hire more people so that you can do more events. And that is that is a path that you can have in the event industry. And that's totally, that's great. That's how you can grow and as a company make way more money than you ever could as one person. But I have always had the, or more currently, I've, I've really just had the dream of continuing to just be me and like just have be a, just me at my events. And I, if anything, just get to be more selective with what I say yes to, selective with the roles I take on because I've outsourced sometimes some events and I've realized like a part of my brain is still on that event. And I'm not fully then in the event that I'm at, if I had two events on the same day and someone else covering for me, that it just, it's just not for me. It's not my system. And so there's only so much I can take on as one person. And so by planning out like you, Mary, I don't, I haven't done notes on the phone. I probably actually should do that as another like reiteration. I've started to do it on my physical calendar. I block off so once I did my spreadsheet, anything that gets confirmed or is most likely I put it on my actual calendar as like full days 
And I'm now count, counting travel days, which I also didn't do in the past, but now I will <laughs> count them mm-hmm. in my holds. Because like you said, you want to make sure that yep. there's, if it's a quick turnaround or maybe you physically can't get there because you have one thing one day and one the next. Um, I have also started blocking off, reco- I call them recovery days. <laughs> so I already have them if I yes. know yeah. I have a big event. And I learned this from what, working football, um, where most games for football are on Sunday. And I was starting to be, my Mondays were weird. And I was like, why am I being weird on Mondays? Everybody else has all this energy and I'm feeling tired. And I was like, oh, because I worked on Sunday. So now it's, I then adjusted and was like, I need a recovery afternoon. Even if I can't take the full day off, the afternoon is for is mine. Like what you normally would do on a Sunday, that's what I would do. Yeah. Whether it's errands, cleaning, sitting and reading, doing literally nothing. Um, I started doing that and that has helped. So when I'm planning my year now, I've been trying to add in recovery days. I aspire to be like Mary where I can physically plan some of these vacations. Before we recorded, we were already talking to where Mary, I was pitching the idea that I shift one of my vacations that I've already booked for a potential gig. Uh, And so I know my tendencies is wanting to say yes to things, but I'm also wanting to make sure I'm showing up completely at my best for everybody. And unfortunately, if I'm spread too thin, I'm not going to be able to do that. And that frustrates me as well. So yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm literally putting in my calendar right now, recovery days in all caps. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you, Logan. That's great because I have thought about that too. I'm like, oh gosh, why don't we? But it is, and it's because I think, um, well, for me, I'll speak for myself. I feel like I'm. I don't, what do I call it? I don't know. Sometimes I think I can I can do more than I actually physically can. So I don't know if you call that like pride, proud, pride, pr- pride. <laughs> I like to think it's like, it's more for me. It's like, we think we're wonder women. Like I always want to be wonder woman. I'm not saying we're not, but like, yeah, there's, there, there is a limit. The limit does exist and you can constantly challenge and push yourself. But like, there is such a thing as going past it. And for whatever reason, I think because I thought I needed to be wonder woman, I couldn't like, you feel like you're, you're, you're giving up or you're less than if you're taking these days off. And I feel like what I've learned in the last two years, it's been more like, no, I'm, you're even better. Like by mm-hmm. taking a step back today, you're going to be that much more focused tomorrow. So that task that maybe was going to take you two hours when you were tired, you crank out in 30 minutes the next day because you took that time for you. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess along with that, when I think through planning out our year, it's really helpful to like structure out your like your days as well. Like I don't, some people time block their time. One day I'm sure we'll do an episode that has to do with more, more about time management because that's a whole conversation in and of itself. But I think that helps you plan out your year is by planning out how you're going to spend your time, which what you just said kind of reminded me of that. It's like we try to do spring, summer, whatever Fridays and take Fridays off a little bit more. And like that gives you those opportunities so that hopefully you are more relaxed and you don't get burnout and so that you can hit it hard on Monday and or on Thursday and all those days. And so um, I guess that was just another thought that I had about trying to avoid burnout. Um, any other thoughts about burnout? I mean, this is a, we've learned a lot of lessons about burnout. Yeah. I mean, you can go back and listen to, we'll link it in the show notes, but our, our episode about event stress, that was very real when I was going through it. <laughs> some event stress. Um, I feel like that's it's all that I've top of mind. I do want to make sure we touch on what we alluded to earlier was the the value of one-off clients versus repeat clients. Because um, this is one. So for example, when I was in China, I was doing a lot of, I got really excited about college tours. So this is um, NCAA teams in the US are allowed to travel abroad once every four years. So they can't do it every year. They can go once every four years and they can go usually in the summertime and they'll do like a training tour where they'll compete against local teams. 
And so China is very good at volleyball. And so we had a number of teams that were coming to China for volleyball. There was also a lot of investment in soccer and football. So we had soccer teams coming. And so I got to work with two different teams on two different tours. And it was so much fun where I was just kind of their on the ground coordinator, help translate, get them around all their activities, like be their problem solver. I used to be a college athlete. So I totally understood what they needed, had so much fun. But then when they were gone, I wasn't going to get them to come back until four years later. And the chances that they're going to want to go to China again, four years later, were really small. And so my referral system was like, there was, it was almost non-existent. I would have to then go out and find new teams to work with and like put myself out there. And that was like the hardest part of my process. And so I realized that I was doing all this work. The event went great. It was awesome. But when it ended, I was like back at zero again. Versus then I started getting in with some of the sporting events. And a lot of those are annual, like there's an annual ATP tournament in Shanghai that still hasn't come back since COVID, but it was every year in October. There was another tournament in Shenzhen that was every year in September. Um, There was a fundraising event that my old event company used to do that I was freelancing for would always be in April. And I started doing that and realizing, oh, this is better not only because then I'm less learning, less of a learning curve if I've done it already, even if the theme changes, the venue changes, you can still change a lot of pieces to make it new and fresh. But not only did it help me in my process as like an actual execution of the event, it helped me financially and with planning to be able to then see, like we're talking about already, these pockets of when I was busy. And that process has continued to evolve because COVID, everything stopped, virtual events came back, came back first. I got much more into corporate and nonprofit than sports and sports usually go dark from like November till February, but that's actually corporate's really busy in January, February. So it's been very interesting to kind of see how my calendars match up. And I'm still navigating this process now, which is probably why I have such a detailed tracker is for my own sanity, but it has been helpful. I I guess they're kind of like the foundation of my business. My foundation is repeat annual events so that I have consistent people that I'm going back to for events. And then I have pockets and windows where I can take on one-off work. And any client that's new is always potentially a one-off. They might not use you again next year. They might not need exactly what they did, but it's helpful to know. And that's a part of my post-event. We've talked about our post-event processes. That is one that I will often ask in my wrap-up, whether it's with the client directly or if I did it through an agency. So my lead person at the agency, I will ask, is this an event that you're interested in doing again next year? Do you already have your dates? I'm happy to put a soft hold on the dates. And that's been a great way to start to like get their brain thinking of like, oh yeah, I do want you to work this event. And maybe I have another one in between now and then that, you know, I'd love you to work on. So just getting them to like forward think um, has been really helpful for me and able and my ability to plan out the year, especially if some of those annual events, sure they're in October all the time, but sometimes they're early October. Sometimes they're late October. Sometimes they're middle of October, you know? And so just getting to getting a feel for how far out they're booking, at least the dates, um, will help you just with like planning your planning your year. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think I've, I, I've heard people talk about the, the idea of repeat clients and I have been like, Oh, I'm excited to get to that point where I can actually have repeat clients. Cause everybody up until this point has really just been new while there has been a few repeats. Um, but this year is the year where I'm starting to really see that come to fruition more is the repeat clients. And I'm like, oh my gosh, so exciting. And I say repeat clients, not just repeat events. And here's something that I think is interesting and maybe a takeaway and something that I've learned lately is that, um, there are a few clients where they do multiple events and I worked with them on one of their events, but 
um, I ended up, you know, winning the contract for another additional event that they do. And it was because I said, I don't know why, maybe there's many reasons, but what really made sense, I think, was that if we're talking about this one event, we have a meeting scheduled. Um, then we can just throw in a couple questions about this. Also, this other event that we're planning, like it just is a better use of everybody's time because it's the same people involved in both events. Therefore, we can just answer questions a little quicker. We're already talking um, instead of like if they brought a whole different person in, that's like a whole other meeting. Um, and so it just was more efficient for us to do both events, which is great. Great for business. Great for them. Great for everybody. And, and so we I'm like, love that would efficiency. be a great way to sell it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So if that's a situation, it's like it's a repeat client, but also repeat events within that same client, which I think is great, really valuable. So maybe try that out if that's something that, you know, applies to you. Um, one other thing I'll say about repeat clients is that I have had some clients who say, and I'll let you know, because this has really been events I'm working on currently, but they want to build a relationship. That's how they word it with a planner and event contractor. And so they say we do all these events or we do this event every year. We don't want to recreate the process every year. And so we want to use someone every year, the same person. And so uh, we want to build this relationship. That's how they word it. Mm. And so that's also something that I've been like, oh, that's interesting. And also motivating to hear for me because I know that they they have the mindset of this isn't just a one-off. This is a recurring thing that we're going to need help with. And so they already know the value. And hopefully I can continue to prove that so that we can keep working together. And so, yeah, I think it's been nice to hear that. Yeah, that's a great, that's a really great way to think about that, Mary. Because I think if you're sitting here being like, I've never had a repeat client, if you're just getting started, that's probably reasonable because you're just getting, you're just figuring out what it, what you're doing. And, uh, you know, it's never too late if you're already like the event wrapped six months ago and you're like, I didn't ask them about next year. You can ask them now. This oh, is yeah, a great anytime. time of year to do a yeah. outreach of just, hey, I'm putting together my calendar for 2023. I loved working with you on XYZ event. Have you guys picked your dates for this year? You don't even have to say, do you want to work together yet? You could just say, do you have your dates? And then they can come back and then you're like, do you think you'll need that same support? You know, you can start that conversation exactly to your point, Mary, that relationship, because you're right. It's so advantageous for them to repeat. It's advantageous for you to repeat because like I said, you'll know how to work with them. You'll probably know some of the efficiency inefficiencies, the things you change, but also no listener, you don't have to repeat with anyone you don't want to. It is also totally okay to walk away with from a project that is not the right fit, not the right role, not the right team. Like this is not something you have to do, but if it's something that you're interested in and want to start, you do feel like, I feel like some people think the client's going to lead this conversation and be the one to have the initiative. And while there are some clients who do that, often it is the planner or you having to prompt them to get them thinking of like, yeah, of course I liked working with you, but maybe they wouldn't have thought about your role until two months before the event and you've already been booked on something else and you just assume mm -hmm. they didn't want to work with you. So don't assume, make sure you reach out would be one of my other key takeaways. Yeah. Reach out and follow up because that exact situation has happened to me with my longest client and it's like me pestering the heck out of them. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what it is. That's what it takes sometimes. So yeah. yeah. Well, cause, and then, and then it just helps you, you know, figure out what your year looks like and like, it just gives you that security. I think a lot of times we talk about with freelance and running your own business, there's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of insecurity, especially with COVID, with all the cancellations and the postponements and everything. Like we've all learned to be flexible, but there is some security in knowing, okay, from now until June, you know, I'm booked or I'm at capacity or I'm only looking for one more event than just kind of sitting and hoping 
that you'll get the call for an event next month. And those calls do come sometimes, but sometimes they don't. And that's the hard part of being, you know, on your own is you don't necessarily have that steady income, but by doing this kind of planning process and whatever that looks like to you, if it's a note, if it's a spreadsheet, if it's just reminders to yourself, if it's a physical printed calendar next to your computer, whatever it is, like that'll just help you stay on top of future planning. And for me, it's also a good reminder because I get so busy sometimes in the work. I forget about the future stuff as well. Probably like what my clients come up with that like it's helpful for me. That visual for me is so helpful. So I can like, I try to check it once a month at least. I refer to it probably more than that, but at least once a month. And I'd be like, oh, we're in March. I should probably be talking to my October clients just to like double check that they still have the need for the states and these places. And, you know, it just helps all of us stay ahead and just like this podcast says, deliver better events. I love it. Here, here, Logan. So hopefully this has been, you know, interesting to hear at least how we plan out our year. And as you plan out your year, luckily this is an episode that's at the beginning of the year. You can really think through how you want to, what kind of events that you want to be involved in, how to avoid burnout and all the things. Um, and reach out if you have any questions about it. We obviously like talking about it. So <laughs> keep us posted. Um, but we're not done. We have a bonus tip today. So Logan, I believe you have that tip for us today. I do. So this year, this, uh, this week's bonus tip is kind of in the new year's theme. I feel like everyone with new year's is always talking about new habits. And so for the last couple of years, I've been working on drinking more water. It is something that I know if I am well hydrated, I am a happier person all around and everything goes well. But like I mentioned, when I, my burnout was, I think around the time when I started to raise awareness of how little water I drank when I was really stressed. And so, um, I tried drinking it out of like a regular glass and for whatever reason, I, it was like really hard. And then I told, I think I was working as a nutritionist at the time and I told her I really like coffee and I can't remember if she made the suggestion, but somehow I got into the habit of putting water in coffee to go cups. If you are watching on YouTube, you can see the cup that I'm using to drink out of. And I love drinking with a straw. So it's a reusable Starbucks cup that is holiday theme. Cause you know, I love the holidays and it is just, it's always filled with water, never coffee. It's not like there's coffee grounds in the bottom, but for whatever reason it works. So my pro tip for you is, you know, there's no one solution to how you can make a new habit work, but you just need to make sure that you work it for you, like make it work for you. And also for folks that were, you know, at the end of January, if you had set intentions and those intentions are no longer ones that you want to follow through on, or maybe your goals have shifted, that's totally okay too. But just know that like, I don't know if anyone else out there needs to drink water out of a special water bottle or a special cup, but for me, it's coffee to go cups and it works. Great tip. Thank you, Logan. Now I'm going to go drink some water for sure. I'm a little parched over here. So Thank you. And thanks everyone for listening to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. Friendly reminder, please take our survey while you still can. We really would appreciate your feedback. The link for that is in the show notes. Also send us a message or an email. You can reach out to us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Better Events Pod. Send us an email at bettereventspod at gmail.com. And thank you so much again. We look forward to our next episode coming next Wednesday. Thanks everybody. Thanks everybody.